Will you just lift your hands in the place today? If, you, if you've never done this, it's, it's an act of surrender. Just, just all around this room, just in a moment. Maybe you've never walked into a church before and you've never had this moment. Maybe you've wondered, man, will I ever lift my hands? It's an offering of a surrender just together as a church. As we sing that song, I never, I never want us to walk into this place thinking, I'm gonna sing a lyric. We're gonna play a song. We're gonna move forward in the service. I want us to walk in here feeling like we're going to receive. So if you can, just lift your hands, open your hands as, as you're just receiving from your heavenly Father today. Lord, we receive from you. Today, God, we stay in an attitude of worship, a faith-filled body of believers, God, knowing that you are here, you are alive, you are active, you are present. Lord, I sense in this place, God, there are people who have walked in here feeling like a failure, but they are not failures. Lord, I know that the wind blows, God, the rain comes, God. There are, there are things that just happen in this world. They are confusing to us, Lord. And we can come into a place broken, hurting, and in need of a touch from you, Jesus. So today we reach out together corporately. We reach out symbolically. We reach out spiritually saying, today, God, we receive from you. Lord, we receive healing, Lord, today. We receive wholeness today. We receive joy today. Come on, if that's what you need, just reach out, speak out to your Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, today we, we receive goodness today, Lord. Today we receive a peace today, God, in a world of trauma and disease and famine. God, we receive just everything you have for us, God. Lord, we know that what you've done in us, God, you're not done doing. Lord, we are a work in progress, and we just thank you, God, for your faithfulness. I was praying today, grateful for what you've done, but grateful for what you're going to do. Lord, we just together thank you corporately. And all God's people said, come on, everybody, shout out, amen, amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise this place. Well, you may be seated. And uh, I'm just so excited. Thank you for for being here today. Welcome everybody to Rise Church. And uh, my name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor. And if I haven't met you yet, I'm excited to meet you soon and, and uh, would love to just shake your hand. If you're a guest with us for the very first time, hey, we always welcome our guests to come back at least three times. Everybody say three times. Yeah, the reason we do that is because we really believe in order to get the full experience here at Rise, you need to come more than once. And uh, I was praying this morning and uh, I, I said, I was thinking about that song we were singing. The song says, it's faithful through generations. And, uh, yeah. And then the God reminded me. He said, yeah, but I'm faithful to you too. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I sing songs and I think, hey, he was good for him. He, God's good for them. You ever think like that? Like I'll read in the Bible, like God was good for them. God remind me, say, I'm good to you too. I'm good to your family. I'm good to your kids. I'm good to your friends. I'm good to your boss. I'm good to you. And, and I, I just think the best thing we can do is remind ourselves how good God is for us, for me. And so I'm just, 
I'm excited that you're here with us today. And, uh, and uh, I'm excited too for my wife and the, the women's team this week, uh, this Friday. This, this coming, it's be this Friday, right? This Friday, we're, we're doing our first ever women's event called Illumination. Come on, ladies, if you're excited. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. And if you're not signed up, you need to get signed up. And uh, if you're not signed up for money, listen to me. If you can't afford it, you need to tell us. Somebody say family. Family. Yeah, yeah. You need to tell us. Don't let money be the reason you can't come. We got people in this church that will take care of that. Easy. You need to come and be a part of what God's doing. We're in a series right now called I Just Can't. And uh, it's been so good. Uh, we just started last week, and we were talking about last week how not to give up. I mean, how many of y'all, like, need that? I need to listen to that message again and again. You want to know why I put that message together? Because I was ready to give up. And I was like, I got to teach, I got to preach to myself a little. Do y'all ever have to do that? The Bible says, encourage yourself in the Lord. And, uh, and so I had to just, like, preach to myself. And so that message was to me that you guys got for you. So I don't know if you got anything from it, but I did. And if uh, you didn't hear it, please go back to our, our messages last week and check it out. And um, we, we talked about how to keep our mind on the eternal, on the eternal. And we talked about praying, serving, and giving. This week, uh, we're going to talk about something important, about how we think, how we think. Everybody say think. Yeah, we're going to talk about how we think, like our minds are important. And uh, we're going to walk that out. And if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 11 is where we're going to be. We're going to read it in just a minute. Before I read that, I want to just give you some context real quick and just tell you. So Jesus is, um, by the way, we're a Bible-speaking, Jesus-preaching church. So um, if you don't like what I have to say, that's good. You should just care about what Jesus has to say. And uh, we, we lift his name up. This is a Jesus church. And so Jesus is in ministry in Matthew chapter 11, and he's doing some amazing things. And then John, um, John the Baptist, he's, uh, he's, he's curious about what Jesus is doing. He sends his disciples to go ask Jesus, like, hey, are you the Messiah? Which is a good question that you should ask Jesus yourself. Hey, are you the Messiah? Are you, are you, are you the Savior? You're this one everybody talks about? Are you that one, that preacher, that crazy, like Mexican preacher that be standing on the platform talking crazy really fast? Is, is that you? Because he could be my savior, but you got to determine if he's yours. And, and John the Baptist sends his disciples, he says, ask him this question, are you the Messiah? Is it you? Is it you? And, and Jesus, um, he responds to, to, to them in a unique way by highlighting the pressures and the stresses that have been brought on by people um, who claimed to be followers of the God, the Pharisees of the day. And he says, you guys were following a certain yoke, and I'm going to give you a different one to think about. Matthew chapter 11, and he says this in 20, verse 28. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. Is anybody tired and burdened other than the pastor of this church? Anybody else tired and burdened? Come on. I'm going to give you a little bit more time to raise your hand because you're probably a little tired to raise it up. I get it. Okay, so, okay, great. Sounds like you're human. This is to you. Everybody say me. Great, we know who he's talking to now. All right, Jesus says, come to, come to me, everybody, and I'll give you rest. Everybody say rest. rest. Wow. So what you're looking for, I'll give you. In verse 29, it says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will rest. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I don't know if anybody, if you ever wanted to get a tattoo of a scripture on your body, this is a good candidate. Come on, somebody say yes. Yeah, this is, this is one right here. I, I wanted to read you the message version. 
because I thought this was really good, which by the way, don't get fussy about versions of the Bible. Okay, I'm just, I just, I meet people and they're like, only King James. I'm like, King Jimmy don't have no, he ain't got no market on the Bible translation. Jesus didn't speak with TH on the end of his. If, if, you're, if you're telling me Jesus' words, that's what matters. I thought the message version was good. He said, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Because it was stolen. You get it back. That's for people who feel like they, they lost, they's lost right now. So I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. I like this. This is my favorite verse. This is a good one. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Unforced rhythms of grace. If you're taking notes today, the title of my message is How to Think When You Can't. Will you pray with me? Father, I just thank you, God, today. You are here to speak to us and give us a good perspective on our mind. And Lord, I know right now you have a word for us. Lord, I've prepared notes, but truthfully, God, you've already been working on this. You know, you know what the people need to hear. So God, get me out of the way. Get me out of the way. Today we make you famous. Today we honor you. Today we lift you up. And we ask you that, Lord. All of these things in your son Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, shout. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Well, again, I'm so glad everybody's here. I, I have a condition and a confession to make a condition and a confession and everybody's nervous because the pastor just said he's going to confess <laughs> I, uh, I, have a, I have a condition called FOMO it's FOMO does anybody know what FOMO is the FOMO if you don't know what FOMO is it's called the fear of missing out the fear of missing out there's a principle that I want to teach you today uh, that would love to just kind of maybe share with you just from my heart. The principle is this. The principle is wrong thinking. Wrong thinking produces wrong actions. Wrong thinking produces wrong actions. And when you have FOMO, this principle could not be more evident. I'm going to give you a few examples in my life. I, I have such a fear of missing out on things that I will tend to do things that I don't even really like, but I got to do them because I will miss out. I'll give you an example. Um, let's talk about shopping for a second. Anybody ever stay up late night and watch television late at night like, like your pastor? Sometimes you get a little, little, um, uh, you know, little insomnia. You can't go to sleep. And so I'll flip on the television, the old TV, and I'll you know, swipe through different commercials or different channels. And my favorite thing to watch late night on television is the infomercials that come up on late at night. And is anybody like the ad scene on TV stuff like me? Does anybody else just love it? When it comes up, I make fun of it all the time, but I have every gadget that's sold. <laughs> on the infomercials because I believe in Slap Chop. I believe in the Mighty Putty. I believe in ShamWow. Those guys are telling me the truth, man. I'm telling you. And I'll, I'll buy them because I feel like if they, when you say something like money back guarantee, come on somebody. When you say something like you buy one now, act now and you'll get a second one for free. That is Christ-like. To me, I'm like, well, more than enough. 
more than enough. That's what I need to buy. I need to buy some ninja miracle blade slap choppy something. I got to get it. I miss out if I don't. Um, when Prime Day comes, you know, like Prime Day, like Amazon Prime Day, I get really, my highest anxiety days of the year are during Prime Days or sale days because I feel like if I don't buy something right now, I'm missing out. And so I'll go online and, does anybody do Prime Day like me? Does anybody love that stuff? So I get on it and I'll look through it. I don't need anything, y'all. Nothing. But I'll get on it and I'm scrolling through and I'm like, well, if that's on sale, 50% anything. I, I have a theory that if it's, if it's a dollar, you buy it, you know? If it's uh, 75% off, you buy it, whether you need it or not. I think one day I might use, you know, an 800-foot power cord that has a, you know, a, you know a, a, a water hose attached to it. I don't know. Maybe one day I'll get it. And uh, I, this is how I think, you know? Um, I, I, I think about that with parties, you know? And this is one of the reasons I got off on social media. I got off of it, like, because in the social media, the worst, when you're, like, at home, isn't it funny? Isn't it just unique how you'll be so lonely at home, nothing to do, no one to go out with, no one to hang out with. You'll be scrolling through social media, and that's the one time you see the party where all of your friends were invited, but you weren't. Does anybody else have that moment where you're, like, and you look at it, and you, go, you say stuff to yourself, like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go there anyway. I'm glad I didn't get invited. But you really secretly in your mind say, I wish, man, I kind of wish I was invited. I feel like I'm missing out. That's how I, that's how I think about parties. I mean, I just, in my mind, I think I'm, I'm missing out. And because I'm missing out in my mind, in my mind, it produces an action in me that I don't always um, appreciate. It's like going to, I get tricked into going to movies sometimes. Because they have really good trailers. You ever sat in a movie where you're like, man, this is... The, the trailer was the best part of the movie. You know, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it was the best part. And, and um, I'll, I'll get into these things. And it, and it produces wrong thinking. right? Because why, why? Why? Because wrong thinking produces wrong actions. In fact, Proverbs 23 says, says, a man, as a man thinketh... There's your King Jimmy for you, for those of you who are... Okay. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As, as a man thinks... That's, that tends to be what he's going to be like. In fact, I read a, a statistic. It said 87% of illnesses are attributed to your thought life. That 13, that, so let's do the opposite. That means 13% is toward diet, genetics, and environment. That means what we think really, really matters. And, and, and I, I've, I've done series on, on thoughts and, and ideas on how we think and... and, and um, I could not be more convinced in the last few years of, of if we're not careful with our thoughts, we can really get in trouble with our actions. And if COVID showed us anything, is that it left a lot of people, the world, alone with their thoughts. And if you think, like, like this was a great and terrible illustration for humanity, like we were all part of some weird social experiment, didn't it feel like? Like, like, let's see what happens when we leave people alone with their thoughts. Nothing good. My counselor says it all the time. The worst place you could be is in your head by yourself. So if, you're, if it's true that we need to have the right mindset, the right thought process, we have to think correctly in order for us to just get past the I, I just can't. Because some of us this week said, I just can't anymore. And you smiled, and you gritted your teeth, and you said, I'm, I'm done. 
And it probably started with here before it became, it came out from here. And so I want to talk to you today, three mindsets that we can, we need to have when we, when we just can't. Three mindsets we need to have when we just can't. Number one, um, um, here's what I really believe. I really believe this. This is really, really foundational for all of us. We got to think God, then me. We got to think God, not me. We got to think God, not me. We got to think God, not me. God first, then me. God first, or sometimes it needs to be God only and not ever, ever me. Because when I trust me and I think me first, not always good things happen. Is that true? Like, can we just be honest? No, no, I don't think anybody ever wrote a book about the most selfish person in the world. No one celebrates the people who are like, that dude was all about himself. He's amazing. Because, because it's not godly and it's unbecoming. Matthew chapter 11, he said, he said this. He says, come to, what does he say? Come to me. Now, I don't know about you, but I like to add something to that verse in my life. Okay, God, first me, then I'll come to you. First what I want, first how I feel, first my preference, First, first, what I think. First, post. Then you. And we, because we think opposite, it messes with our principles. Because how we think, come on, if we have wrong thinking, determines and produces wrong actions. And and you and I. What Jesus was teaching us in that simple statement, come to me. Let me start off with this. Come to me. Start with Jesus. If you don't start, how you start really, really throws off the rest of the process if you start wrong. It's called the principal priority. Jesus was teaching first things first. First things first. How you start, how you start matters. I was getting golf lessons because golf is God's game. Recently, I was at a golf lesson and he goes, okay, so... I think I'm really good. My score doesn't confirm my thoughts, but I, I think I'm really good at golf. And so when I first walked into this guy, he's like, okay, I'm a golf coach. You're the, you're the student. And I, I'm trying to be humble, right? I'm walking in. I'm like, I'm just going to listen to this guy. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to influence this in any way. And so I walk in and he goes, hey, I want you to go up there. Give me your best stuff. Show me your, give me your best shot. I'm like, it's on. Let's go. So I pull out my, my club. I get up. I said, I'm about to hit. And I'm not kidding you. I said this. I, got, I get up. I'm not about to hit. And I go, I look back. I go, you ready? I just want to make sure you, you about to see some magic here. I just want to make sure you got on video. Press record. So I get up there and I'm smoking the ball. I'm smoking the ball. So good. And I'm thinking this coach is going to walk up and be like, man, this is amazing. He goes, okay. So I hit a couple of balls that are really, really good. He goes, keep going. I said, okay. So I keep hitting. The problem is, as I kept hitting, the ball stopped going where I wanted it to go. It, it instead of went straight, anybody can hit the ball straight, y'all. I was trying to do different things. And so I'm like, 
I'm trying to hit it right, just do it like, you know, a little bit of a, uh, of a fade, you know, that I want a little baby draw, you know, I want a little, just a hook over there. I'm trying to get around the trees, you know, and, and I couldn't get it. I couldn't hit it straight to save my life. And I walk up and I'm frustrated. He goes, why are you frustrated? I said, well, because I'm better than this. I'm better than this, man. I know. I know it seems like it's bad. He goes, he goes, well, he goes, can I, can I give you some insight? I said, sure. He goes, the problem is, is he goes, you're too focused on the result. I said, but that's the point. I'm trying to join the PGA. What are you doing? What do you, you know, you ever look at someone, what are you doing with your life? I'm trying to join the PG. He goes, you're too focused on the result. He goes, you start wrong, so you're going to end wrong. And he goes through and he shows me on video where my arm was not straight and my setup was completely off and my feet were not in the right spot and my shoulders were wrong and my spine wasn't out. It was out of, out of alignment and I didn't have the right, come on, I didn't have the right posture wasn't ready so that the, so that the swing goes around my spine. Some of y'all golf people know what I'm talking about. And so you, you know, my, my, my elbow wasn't next to my, I'm just giving you some free golf lessons right now. Like my elbow wasn't right here. And so I'm, I'm and he goes, he goes, if you don't start right, it doesn't matter what you do in the swing. Your result will always be off. Because you didn't, you didn't start right. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, yet again, seek first his kingdom. Seek first. Everybody say first. Like there is a principal priority in the kingdom of God. And you and I love to ignore it all the time. We would rather be us first than God. And if you were to audit your life, if we're honest in here, if I'm honest with myself, if I look back on my week... I'm pretty good at starting with me, then God. And Jesus said, you got to start with the kingdom and his righteousness, and then your ball will go straight. But you can't go up, pretend like you the man, hit the ball as hard as you can, and as it's veering off to the trees, pray, God, do a miracle. But we do it. You, you, we, we don't do it God's way, so we don't have God's things. And I, God, it's, it's God's way. It's not my way. It's, it's, when I eat, I eat what I want to eat. I like eating what I like eating. I like deep fried anything. I like carbohydrates. Keto is evil to me. I like sugar. Sweets are good. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? Like I enjoy, if you, if in my world of food, if I started with me, I would not be healthy. But I, because the Bible says that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit that God resides in, that I should care about it and steward it because it ain't mine. And then I want to be here for as long as I possibly can. I need to eat what I need to eat and eat right. Yeah. And I'm going to start with what God says about my, my eating. With my kids, I, I'm a parent. I'm a lousy parent if I lead the way and parent the way I want to parent. You know what I want to do with my kids? I want them to come home. I'd like to put them in a room with a television and an Xbox and a PlayStation and an iPad and close the door and never see them be awesome. And then I get to go do whatever I want to go do. I'd play golf every day of my life, every hour of my life. And don't pretend like you wouldn't go to your hobby either. 
except it wouldn't produce the children. I can't get mad at my kids being crazy if I haven't sat down and sat down and sat down and then sat down some more and then discipline and then walked out strategy of how you're going to do something and take the time. You know, discipline takes discipline. And, 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 and I can't get mad at my kids acting cray when I didn't parent them the way God wanted me to parent them. And I sat in front of some parents. I was a youth pastor for 10 years. And they come to me and they say, fix my kid. You want me to fix what you, your neglect created over 18 years? In one moment, it, it don't work like that. You're hitting the ball and praying. And we got to be, come on, we got to be strategic about our parenting. Well, your husband, he ain't, he ain't acting right. You know what I'm saying? You wake up and you have a conversation and you always end your sentence with him. You better, you better take some of that. That act right. You better cool it. And, and he's not providing. He's not treating you. And he's not acting. But I'm just saying as a wife and as a mother and as a woman of God, I'm just saying the way you want to be in that moment, I'm sure, ladies, it's easy to take the bait of the flesh, isn't it? It's easy. My, I make it easy on my wife to be unholy. It's easy for her. I set it up on the tee. And she can't take the bait because why? She's, she's a woman of God. she got to do it God's way. All right, I'll talk to the guys. Come on, guys. Come on, gentlemen. Come on, men. You're a man of God, not a man. Culture celebrates you as a man. Like, I'm glad, I'm thankful you're a man. Congratulations. You're like every other man. But you're not just a man. You're a man of God. Men of God do different things with their wives when they act crazy. Men of God do different things with their wives when they want to bless them. Men of God do different things in their family. They set things up differently. Come on, it's different. And, and if you start with, I'm just saying, all, all things lead to unhealthiness and feeling overwhelmed if you do it your way. So if you feel like you can't right now, you could be thinking me instead of God first. And you have to start with God's way. And then you get God's peace. You start with God's way, then you got God's way. Second thing, second thing. Think, think. I'll get off of that because I'm making everybody mad. Uh, number two, um, <laughs> we got to think rest, not break. Think rest, not break. I thought it was interesting that Jesus said in the Bible, he said, he said you know, if you come to me, I'm going to give you like a vacation in Hawaii. <laughs> I wish you would have said that. So I've never been in Hawaii, and I heard it's great. Um, but we have a, we have a, we have a, uh, we have a, he said, I'm going to give you rest. We have a rest problem in the world. Like you, 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 and me, we, we don't, we have forgotten and lost sight of rest. No one in the world, no part of our culture celebrates rest. Not one. In fact, they kind of demonize it a little bit. You're taking a day off? You turned your phone off? You just stated, when's the last time you talked to somebody and you said, hey, what'd you do today? And they told you, 
Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Think about it. Have you, heard, have you heard that ever? I haven't. Like, has anybody ever told you, like, I just sat in a chair and I stared? <laughs> it's amazing. Because no one celebrates that. No one gets on. You don't make movies out of that. You don't make television shows out of that. No one celebrates it. Nobody posts on social media. Guess what I did today, guys? Stared at this wall. You should stare at yours. In 2017, the United Nations, in their official statement to the World Health Day, for the World Health Day, announced this statement. We need to talk less about the chemical imbalances and more about the imbalances of the way we live. If you're tired, which I'm pretty sure most of you are, especially if you have a child, we often think break. We think of this, this uh, Hawaii beach. I think I have a picture. Like this is like to me, like I'm, I think Jesus, when he said that, he said this. He said, come to me and you get two beach chairs with an umbrella <laughs> on the beach. And what's the best part about this? Ain't nobody there but me. Not any other buddy's kids. Nobody's setting up in front of me with their big old ice cooler, you know what I mean? And like nonsense. I just, I'm by myself. But, but Jesus didn't say that. He said, I'm going to give you, he said, get away with me and I'll recover your life. You'll recover your life and you'll, I'll show you real rest. And you need to know this rest, 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 rest is not a place to go. Rest is a condition of the soul. It's the condition of your soul, of your heart, what, what's happening in here. And for you to have real rest, I think two primary ways you can do that with your mind and how you think is this. Number one, you need to have real rest in salvation. Because a lot of us come from a background or religion or a belief set of, 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 of a relationship with God that is condi the conditions are based on your ability to be good. Can we be honest in here? You, you might come from that background. You went to that church and they told you, if you don't do this, God's not going to love you. Now, they might not even use those words, but they told you that. Because when you did something wrong, what'd they say? I, went, I grew up in a church. This is maybe just me. I grew up in a church where like we, um, every day we came to church, we knew what the pastor was going to preach. Like we knew it. I'm like, I know what this guy's going to say. And because we knew it, here's why we knew it. Because he, we, we, we were sure 63.75% sure there was a heaven. We were a million percent sure there was a hell. Because everything was attached to our behavior. And if our behavior was not good, you're going to go to hell. And you better turn or you going to burn. And it was like, I like, even if you didn't know or love God, you said yes to him anyway, because I mean, good luck for fire insurance, right? Like I would just rather not go to this place that could potentially be real. And he made me feel like, man, you better be good or else God's going to smote you. And I'm like, what does smote mean? Smiting, smote, smote. He's, you're going to be bad. If you, it's going to be bad if you're bad. It's an interesting verse that, that I read in Hebrews chapter 4. It says, for this good news. This is interesting. Everybody say good news. It's this good news, right? He said, good news that God has provided, prepared, provided, given you, given me this, this rest. Isn't it interesting? 
that Hebrews would speak about. He said, he's given you this rest, this rest, then it has been announced to us just as it was with them. Verse three, he says, for only we who believe can enter his rest, which means this. He says, because you and I believe in God, we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that he paid it all, that he did everything. He worked all the good. We could never be good enough. So since he was good, now we're good. And because we're good, we can enter into some rest. And the rest that you and I sometimes miss is that we get into a situation in our life where you and I will sin. You did something wrong. By the way, God saw it. He saw what you did yesterday. Sorry. He's God. I can't hide things from him. And what's funny is, is he knew what you were going to do before you did it. And then he knew who you were going to be before you were even be, right? Before you be, he, be, he knew you be. He, were, you, he knew he knew because he created you and the Bible says he knows you and he made plans for you and he saw what you were going to do and he knew what you were going to do. And because he knew what you were going to do, he had to send Jesus. So he sent Jesus before you were even on this earth. And so because you weren't even here yet, you couldn't fix what you broke. And so because you couldn't fix what you broke, he sent Jesus who fixed everything for what everyone broke. And so what's so cool about that is it's really, 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 really good news. So if you're a sinner in here, which you every, by the way, is everybody, just raise your hand, touch some sky. That's who you are. That's you. That's me. So since we're sinners in here, we need to rest in the good news and the good idea that Jesus paid it all. Now, what's funny about that is you could be a saint in here and that might be not your struggle. You might think that you're good because you're good. Which means this, you think that all the things that you have in your life is because you did everything right. So there could be sinners in here feeling like, I, all I do is seem to be doing everything wrong. But there could be some of you in here like DJ Khaled, like, all I do is win, 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 win. I'm really good at this Christian life. I give, I serve, I read the Bible, I have my Christian bumper sticker, I post Christian things on social media, I always read the Bible app. I'm really, really good. And you thought that's why God loves you. You continue to think that if you're holy enough, God will put you in some unique, special place in heaven, and you'll have like a, 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 like a, fire, like a, like a super fire lane, like Disney World, you know, like, hey, you know, you get a lightning lane. Go ahead. You were really good. You read more verses than the other person. That I, last time I checked, the Bible doesn't speak of that. And the problem with that is, is, is if that other one is full of shame, you're full of pride. And both of us don't rest. The sinner doesn't rest, and neither does the saint. And it adds pressure because the only common denominator in both those belief systems is you. It's all on you. All the pressure's on you. And that yoke that Jesus was talking about is really heavy. That's the yoke. That's the bondage. That's the pressure to perform and to be right in everything. Come on, ladies. You ever get like that with... You see moms posting on their soul, you know, you're trying to be super mom, super wife, have your house just the way that it is and make sure all the things are in the right area. And if I don't do this and the moment I do this and the moment I make a mistake, now it's you, you, you go into a cycle of depression and feeling of anxiety where you just feel like you can't do it because you weren't perfect and you were waiting. That was your, your golden ticket was your perfection. And I think sometimes Jesus looks at us and goes like, but, 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 but I loved you before you were you. How could that be? the truth at all. The other day I was at dinner and um, I was eating and I love to eat. It's like my pastime. And I was eating some good food. 
and um, he comes to the end of the meal where the check comes, and the guy wasn't coming to give me the check. And I'm a little, uh, what's the word? Uh, high maintenance. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, when he comes around, I'm like, hey, like, because I'm like on a mission everywhere I go. Like, I'm like, I got things to do. I'm very high strung. And so I'm like, hey, 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 hey. So, so I finally was like, I kind of like flagged the guy down, like threw something on the ground, just like make a noise or something. I'm like, come over here. And so, hey, she comes over. I say, hey, man. I'm like, we're trying to, trying to get out of here. Can you give me the, give me the check? And he goes, oh, hey, man, I forgot to tell you, somebody paid for your dinner. Wow. Now, I don't get that a lot. You know, you'd be like, well, you're a pastor. People must pay me. Like, most of the time, I take people to dinner. It doesn't happen like that. You know, I don't get a lot. A lot of, so I was like, oh. I'm like, oh, my God. Now, now, is there any better feeling in the world? Come on. Than having somebody. I'm just saying, like, you, when, you know, and then you, what you instantly think is like, man, I could have got a steak. You know, you, you always think something weird. <laughs> right? Right? It was just shame the devil. Right? Okay. Tell the truth. So, you know, you're just like, I should have added extra ice cream. I want another dessert. You know, they should have got an appetizer. You know, whatever. So, and um, so I'm like, man, you know, I'm like, dang. And, uh, and, uh, but I walked out holding my wife's hand. I'm like, that's so cool. And we didn't even know who it was. And, um, but I remember thinking, about that because I was like, I wonder if I was been like, yeah, I know somebody paid for it, but man, like, let me pay for it. Like that would have been ridiculous, right? Like, yeah, well, give me the check. I know someone paid for it. I, I still want to pay for my dinner. They would have been like, what's wrong with you? It's already paid. I'm like, but, but you don't understand. I need to do something right now so I can feel good about myself. Let me pay for my dinner. And the guy probably would look at me and say, get out of here. You're, you're bothering me. I need to get your table. I got to make a tip, right? Like, get out of here. And sometimes we do that with God. I think God said we already, the bill's already been paid. And you and I go to him all the time and say, but you don't understand. I got to go to church. And I got to read my Bible. And I got to give. And I got to serve. And I got to do all this stuff. Because if not, the bill's going to be still past due. And Jesus said, I've done it already. Just feel grateful. Walk out, hold your wife's hand, and go bless someone else. That's really how it works. The second one is rest in the Sabbath. This is something I think we don't really get to a lot. Exodus chapter 20 says, remember to observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. You have six days each week to work. Everybody say work. You do need to work. Hello. Christianity is not the, the, the it's, we are, by the way, we are not the religion of hope. Like people think like that. Like, well, I'm not going to go to work today. I'm just going to hope. That ain't a thing. You're supposed to work if you're a Christian. In my opinion, you're supposed to work harder, better, faster, longer, because you work is under God. But the seventh day is the Sabbath day, and you be dedicated to the Lord. And this, and he says in verse 9, but this remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Here's what a Sabbath means. In a Sabbath time to cease production. But some of us live 24-7, 365. You work all the time, and then you wear it as a badge of honor. Look what I did. Pretty good. I don't need no rest. That's for punks. No, it's for Christians. And you think you're fancy because you work all the time. We see right through it because rest problems are trust problems. You really just don't trust God. Oh, I trust God, but I better go to work because if I don't work, you know, I mean, that seventh day, I know it's God's, but I got to take it because if, you know, if I don't show up, if I don't show up, if it's not me who does the work, what else is going to happen? And and so 
you and I try to look and find rest. By the way, you don't find rest. You define rest. You define it ahead of time, which means you, as a, as a God-fearing person, you have what I call no-no days. No, no. No, no. We don't do stuff that day. And I, I just want you to know, people will take advantage of it. They will, they will test your no-no days. It's, it's like uh, the, the hidden thing in all humanity. So my no-no days are Fridays and Saturdays. You cannot get me on Friday and Saturday. You, you can't. This church, you cannot. I'm sorry. You just can't. It won't happen. It just won't. And people have tested it. They've tried. Hey, you want to go out on Friday night? No. Do you have something to do? No. I'm offended. Oh, it's not a personal. It's just my no-no day. I stay with my family. I just, sorry, I can't do it. You know? Well, are, are you sure? Well, I'm pretty sure. I mean, maybe if you offer me a million dollars, I'll check my schedule. But like, you know, like, no, 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 you know, no, no, I can't. I, I, no, no days. And you got you to start by, rest starts by saying no. Everybody say it with me. No. Oh, I felt powerful, didn't it? Some of y'all never said that. Some of y'all literally never said that. Somebody who's invited, if you have FOMO like me, if somebody invites you to a party, you say yes before they're done inviting you to the party. But there is a godly moment where you can go like this. You know what a godly moment is? It's, let's just say, let's just have a fun moment. You're, you're, the, you're the guy who's going to invite me to the party. Everybody on the count of three say, want to come over? Okay, on the count of three. One, two, three. Want to come over? And then just wait for a minute. Okay? I know this sounds crazy. But there is okay, there is like godliness and pause. Because sometimes you get caught up in the moment and you're like, I want a people please. I want a people please. And I'm going to miss out. Yes. And you don't even know what they were inviting you to. Right. And then you went to the thing. Has anybody been to a party recently and you got into it and you're like, what am I doing here? One, we got one. Anybody else? Two, three, four, five. Some of y'all have been to my house recently. That's mean. Like, like what? Like, so, you know. We got to be careful. Number three, and I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Well, number three, number three. We got to think rhythm, not balance. Think rhythm, not balance. Learn, I like this, Matthew 11, 29. Remember, learn the unforced rhythms of life. Do not fall for the life myth, uh, the myth of, uh, of balance. You ever, it's like a buzzword. You need to have balance in your life. You need to get your life balanced. I um, have yet to find the Bible verse that says your life should be balanced. I just haven't found it. I, maybe you have. But there, there is no Bible passage on balance. Culture and our enemy would want you to fall into and buy into the lie of balance. And this is what it is. I can put, you can put as much onto your plate as long as you can balance it. Like, do as much as you can, as long as you can balance it. Do as much as you possibly. Get it in your life. Just put it, say yes to everything as long as you can balance. There's an um, a interesting halftime show lady um and uh she she goes to like these basketball shows and she does some amazing things i think i think i have a, a picture like look at this lady and um i've actually seen her in real life she's actually uh, out of the bay area that's where i'm from don't hold it against me i'm not i don't even claim it anymore i'm from texas so but <laughs> this lady it's like interesting because like she um she's on a unicycle balancing pl- bowls on her head in the middle of like thousands of people. And I was thinking about it. I was like, that's us. And we're like celebrating this, by the way. 
Like we celebrate and we stack things all into our life, all the while going. And, and what's funny is we all see it. Like if you're not you, you don't think you look like this, but you look like this to us. And we all go to your house and we all hang out with you. And then we leave and we say all the same things. Dang, she looks stressed. I don't see a smile. I'm just curious. And I'm like, she looks, he looks stressed out. Did you hear all that they have going on in their life? Y'all know what I'm talking about. The problem is, is because we celebrate that, you think that's how you're supposed to live. By the way, she doesn't live like that. That's for maybe one or two minutes of her whole life, her whole moment of the day. She doesn't live like that. And you and I are thinking we should live like that. That's one moment. And because you and I fall into the balance, the lie of balance in such a short moment, we think we're supposed to hold it like that. And it doesn't. And the longer you try to hold that, isn't it interesting how easy everything falls? So instead of that, you need to think of your life as... Um, a long distance marathon that you should run your race. Hebrews even says about, it. he says, you know, let us run with the endurance the race God has set before us, the race God has set before us, the race that God has set before us. Don't run another person's race. I was in a gym the other day out of town and I work out, I do some CrossFit. Graduated from the YMCA, yes. You're welcome. And I was working out and I don't know this guy. And anytime I go out of town, I always have this one thought, like, I don't pastor in this town. I can be whoever I want to be. I'm going to show this guy what's up. So I'm getting over here, and I get this, like, this thing. And he, was, he comes up next to me, and he has this bar. And we're doing, like, squats. And, um, or not, not squats, but, like, uh, deadlifts. And he's, uh, he's over there. And he put one more plate on than mine. I thought that was curious. I don't know if anybody you got. Hey, guys, you like that with me? I'm like, and, guys, we do this. We walk up to people, and then we size them up. I could take him. You know, stuff like that. Or we say, like, yeah, he could take me. I'm going to be nice. And so um, <laughs> and so I get up, and I'm like, he's fairly my size. And if you're fairly my size, I just think I could take you. And so, because I'm scrappy. And so I put the bar on, and I did, a, I did a deadlift, and then he does a deadlift. So he puts a So I put another plate on. Now, I've never lifted that much in my entire life. But I, I put it on. And, you know, I walk up. And because I had testosterone flowing through my veins and I'm trying, I'm prideful and I'm trying to make it happen, I pull, I lift it, I put it down, I said, yeah! And I look over, he's got another plate on his thing. And I was like, because I'm godly. And I love Jesus. I'm a pastor. I grabbed another plate. I threw a plate back on that. I threw a plate on that side. I said, let's go. We're going to do this. We went back and forth. I lifted more weight than I'd ever lifted in my entire life. Y'all, I was so, I was, you would have been so proud of your pastor until the end of the night. Well, I was laid up on my bed. Hurt. How many of you ever been, have you ever overdone it at the gym before? Do you remember what that felt like? That's what I felt like. I was like permanently stuck like this on the bed just kind of trying to make it and I thought because I thought I got to do what he's got to do and so many of us do what you think I got to do what that guy's got to do I got to do what she's got to do I got to have kids like her I got my house got to look like him I got to have a car like that guy I got to look like him I got to do that and, and 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 you wind up looking sore and broken so the bible says think think rhythm Ecclesiastes 3 says there's a time for everything a season 
for every activity under the heavens. My, my, my prayer for you would be is that you would, you would fall into the rhythm flow and not a balance flow. Um, I pray that, that, that you would follow the rhythms of life. Rhythms are created by recognizing your season and riding your waves and, and, and doing something that, that feels, not, not feels right, but is following the right moment for you. So, you know, it could be being careful with your calendar. It could be being careful with what you say yes to. It could be being careful with what, you know, what you, what job you go to, but do what God feel, do what you feel is, 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 is God is leading you in your life, not what you feel to be right. And I believe that if you take these steps to, to think, man, I'm going to think God, not me. I'm going to think rest, not break. I'm going to think rhythm, not balance. If you can kind of work these types of things, I think, I really believe God, God can change, can change you and get you out of the season of I just can't. Final thing, and I'm done. I watched a TED talk recently, and it was interesting. I, it was, it was the, the title of the scripture. The the, the scripture. The, the uh, title of the talk was the the number one thing. I, the number one lesson I learned from 83,000 brain scans. This is a doctor who had done 83,000 brain scans of his entire life. He said the number one lesson I learned, and I thought, man, that's an interesting. I want to hear what he has to say. And he went on for 15 minutes, and he basically got to this conclusion at the end of his talk. He says, listen, out of everything I ever learned about being a brain doctor, a brain, and then scanning 83,000, he says that you can change your brain. You can change your brain. Romans 12 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can change your brain. So if you think right now, in negative ways. If you think the opposite of these three things, if you think or uh, your thoughts are messed up, your thoughts, are, some of you are caught in the idea that I can't stop thinking like this. Yes, you can. You can change your brain. Bible says, Bible says you can change your brain. You can be renewed by the, the, you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God has a spirit. The Holy Spirit is in here. He can change you. You can be different. There is a powerful next level future for you. If you just give it a chance, my prayer is that if you feel like you just can't, maybe you should think you just can't. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. I thank you that today, God, you are, are speaking to us and you're giving us a word for all of us. I know that right now there's something so special about um, hearing your word in person. And, and I, think, I think we all got something personal for us to walk away with. And I just pray that the word that was spoken, God, would be sealed in the hearts of us. God, we could be different. Like, God, we can take it and walk out there and be different today with our thoughts. I pray for every thought process in every one of our people, God, that would be clear, pure, and holy in Jesus' name.